0: go through these scriptures so that we can all come into agreement on what it is we're doing because we have to understand that that in the reality that we are making a proclamation proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes but we're also stirring up our hearts by way of remembrance it doesn't just end with that either we're making that proclamation, we're standing in that remembrance, but we're also building up our anticipation for that day when he comes, and he says, at the end of that, whenever he broke, and he took, he gave of them that to took, do this in remembrance of me, this is my body, this is the blood of my new testament, of my new covenant, and he said, "Now I'm not going to ever do this again, I'm not going to partake of this again, until I'm doing it with you in my Father's kingdom. Oh, that's anticipation. But it's more than that. It is absolutely an an avenue for you to receive a manifestation of Jesus Christ in your life. It is an avenue. It is a way that he has ordained, that he's established for us to break the bondages that the enemy will try to weasel into your life. In the word of God, there's something special. Whenever you go back to the first time something is mentioned in scripture. The first time that it's presented to us in the word of God. It's like a seed and it only grows from there. The first time is in Genesis 14. Genesis 14. Now I'm not going to read this. I'm going to read portion that I'm just going to talk through it. But But I want you to read Genesis 14. This Genesis 14 is fully explained in Hebrews chapter 7. Genesis 14, Hebrews chapter 7. I'm going to read this small portion. Genesis 14, verse 17. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him. Speaking of Abram. After his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer. Laomer. My name was Chedorlaomer. Laomer. I'd be trying to fight people too. i telling you right now. <laughs> After he had returned from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer Laomer. And of the kings that were with him. At the valley of Saven. Which is the Kingsdale. And another king showed up. Do what he says. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought the very elements that Jesus Christ brings to his church. He brought forth the bread and the wine, the name Melchizedek when it's fully translated is the king of righteousness. how to so fully translate would be the, the way that would just verbatim be stated was the king of righteousness, the king of peace. That's what Salem, the first name of Jerusalem, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. Now get this mental picture. you have Abraham the father of faith. And he's got one king comes to him, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. And this one is presenting the elements of a covenant to him. And then on the other hand, I'm not pointing at anybody, on the other hand, he's got another king coming. The king of Sodom, the king of everything that is not righteous. And he has to make a choice he makes the right choice going on in that portion where it says that Melchizedek the king of Salem brought forth the bread and the wine and he was the priest of the most high God there's so much teaching in this that there's no way I could do it right now regarding how much greater Melchizedek's priesthood is than the Levitical and, and everything that goes into that But verse 19 and this is what Melchizedek offered this is what he gave abram and he blessed him and said blessed be abram the most high god possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be the most high god which had delivered thine enemies into thine hand and gave him tithes of all and then the king of salem wanted to make his offer the king of sodom wanted to make his offer verse 21 and the king of sodom said to him You see, two opinions, two offers. Just, I want the people. Make note of this in your Bible. The king of sin, the king of Sodom, the enemy of your soul will give you anything you desire if he can just get the loved ones in your life. That's all he's interested in. He's not wanting to get you in fornication, adultery, and lying and cheating and stealing just for the sake of that sin. He wants to get you there so he can take the people in your life. He wants to get you in that position so he can destroy everything that you love. No matter what you thought he was trying to do in the past, that is his goal. That is his mission in your life. King of Solomon points out, just give me the people. You can take everything else. And Abraham, when he makes his choice, he makes a direct affront To the king of sin. To the king of Sodom. And he says I'm not going to take anything from you. Nobody. I'm not going to take a thread of a garment. I'm not going to take a shoe latchet. Because nobody is ever going to say. And and the phrase that's used in my Bible is that. That you made Abram rich. But that word is also the same one. That you blessed me. That you increased me. Nobody's ever going to say that the king of sin. Is what blessed my life. Is what profited my life. Is what made me what I am today and he chose the priestly order he chose the same one that you've chosen in Jesus Christ when you go back and you read Hebrews chapter 7 and he points out who Jesus Christ is that's your covenant whenever we are partaking of communion it's not just a cold dead ritual is something to where you are absolutely doing this. And I I want to read, I'm just going to read through in 1 Corinthians 11. Nothing else in Scripture that we're presented to to, to hear, see, or do comes with so much instruction and warning. You don't receive such a staunch warning of, of any other ritual. Of any other thing, ordinance that's been given to the body of Christ, like you see with communion. I, w- I want to read through this, but 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 get in your mind what God's doing for us. What we see is the ultimate teacher in action. Now, in all of the careers I've had, whether it's the military, whether it's construction work, whether where I'm at now, I've always ended up getting put into the role of a teacher. And the way that we end up seeing things is that you end up going by the 30-60-80 rule. People will retain about 30% of what they hear. But if you can let them hear it and let them see it, it bumps up to about 60 and the average person will retain about 60 but if you can let them hear it if you can let them see it and then you can let them do it then the average person retains about 80% whenever Jesus Christ initiated this communion what is he doing? oh he's letting you hear about it he's letting you see others do it and then he's actually having you enter into participation do this as often as you will In remembrance of me. Oh. It's a rededication. It's a resetting. A reestablishing. I'm going to read through this. In 1 Corinthians 11. Verse 23. To verse 31. For I have received of the Lord. That which. Also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus. The same night. In which he was betrayed. Took bread. And when he had given thanks. He broke it. And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament. You see, this is why it's so important to understand that Melchizedek had already walked Abram down this road. The new covenant, the new agreement. The New Testament. In his blood. In my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it. In remembrance of me. Verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread. And drink this cup. You do show the Lord's death till he come. Proclamation. You're showing that. You're doing it in remembrance of him. And then you're also. In that anticipation. Verse 27. For this reason. Or wherefore. Whosoever shall eat this bread. And drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Now don't just take. The world's version of what it means to be unworthy. Don't just take your own opinion of what it means. Take the word of God. When we go through this portion, he says, don't do this unworthily. This cup or this bread, whoever does this unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and in that way eat. Or as he says, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself for this reason. Not because you had to be perfect to do it. But you have to get in your heart and your mind the proper understanding of the body of Christ. The way he says it is this. Not discerning the Lord's body. If you've been battling anxiety or depression, if you've got sickness in your body, whatever it is that the enemy is attacking you with, it can be broken right here and right now at the Lord's table whenever you are standing there and you don't just do it as a ritual. You're not just going through a ceremony, but you're of those who rightly discern the body of Christ. Amen. You are of those who will stop and say, I see this as holy. I see this as righteous. I see this is my covenant before God. And I take this bread and I remember. Oh, because whenever you're remembering that Jesus Christ died for you, then the, the kind of language that comes into your mind of, I don't know if God cares, that cannot be in your mind if you're rightly discerning that Jesus Christ died for you. If you're getting it in your heart and your mind that I don't even know if, if, if I'm meant to live or if you're getting in that that mode of depression cannot stay in your heart and in your mind whenever you're truly, rightly discerning the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood was given to wash away my sins. I'm rightly discerning that. His body was broken for me to be healed. He, he, was, he died on the cross. He had the weight of the judgment of the Father placed on him so that I could stand in righteousness before the Father. That's what I want to ask you to do whenever we come up to take this communion today. Now I want to ask you to stand with me right now. He goes on and through verse 30 he points out that 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 was the very reason that there were many sick and that many had even died prematurely and he, he points that out this is not my opinion this is what he says in the word of God and he goes on to verse 30 for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many you sleep but verse 31 he said for if we would judge ourselves we should not be judged You see, we're stopping and we're making that determination in light of God's word and in light of the cross of Calvary. Not based on your merit. Not based on what you've done or what I've done. But everything is based on the blood of Jesus Christ. On the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. They're going to go through... And start singing and leading us back into worship. I want us to start right now with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for this privilege to have this tangible element that we can take. That we can receive of your covenant. That it will stir us up. And that we can proclaim your death till you come in your glory. That we can have our remembrance stirred up and have that hope rebirthed inside of us. That we would have that anticipation knowing that we will meet you at that marriage supper of the Lamb. That we will be there with you in glory. But Father, we take this communion today rightly discerning your body rightly discerning the sacrifice that you gave for us. Father, we want to leave here with your presence and with your passion and with your power and be able to take it to this world so that you may be glorified in our lives, Father. Father, we receive it, Lord. In Jesus' name.